the IEC and the THA and the Parliamentary Legal Service, the state law advisors. You are welcome to this uh, meeting for further deliberation on the on the bill. We want to take this opportunity to thank members again for taking course to interact with this uh, um, electoral amendment bill. We have uh, taken issues uh, last week, as you rec recollect, for uh, proper deliberations and the highlights on some of the issues that arise and that the committee uh, needs to pay more attention. Uh, and members have began to uh, um, discuss on some of the key issues uh, that need considerations. <clears throat> we then referred some of the issues uh, to the IEC uh, for uh, so that they come back and deal on technical technical issues uh, that arise from those uh, uh, deliberations. We will not get a report today as they requested to have time to uh, uh, to prepare, um, particularly on the troop uh, formula that uh, we need uh, the IC to focus, uh, pay more attention uh, to that uh, space so that. It further informed what uh, the committee will be uh, <clears throat> taking into account. So we're going to uh, await that uh, item uh, uh, of the IEC. But the committee also further uh, uh, resolved to proceed with uh, discussions because that can stop us to deliberate on the key issues that uh, we are uh, uh, have to deal with as the committee. Adams, Mr. Salmon, Adam, no, Mr. Adam Salmon will then deal with the recap of some of the issues. Um, and we then have to get into the issues that uh, we need to, to deal with. Remember that uh, last week we agreed that uh, we must uh, focus on particular areas uh, to uh, uh, interact so that we have a fruitful uh, uh, result on some of the issues that members could have uh, uh, raised. We noted that there are different views which are expressed in terms of how we need to uh, run, and that is fruitful because it gives insight in terms of the uh, issues that the committee may need to deal with. We're going to also receive a brief uh, report. I think uh, Mr. Adams, uh, Mr. Matunzi will highlight the agenda. Uh, uh, on what the committee today is going to interface with, that to the content advisor will uh, brief uh, the uh, the committee. Are you able to see it, Chairperson? No, no, you can. Yeah, I can see, but there's not a. Uh... Okay. Is it, is it showing now? Yeah, yeah, now it's showing now. Okay. <clears throat> we'll deal with the, uh, yes, further deliberation and briefing on the um, adoption of the uh, annual uh, business plan um, of the committee. Uh, Mr. Salmon will uh, uh, brief that. And uh, you know that today we're uh, presenting a report of the IEC um, at the National Assembly on our recommendation, which we've uh, uh, which we are resolved on. I will invite uh, Mr. Matunzi to <clears throat> sorry, to render apologies and members if there's any apology, and uh, we proceed on the third 
third item. Thank you, Mr. Matunz. Yeah, morning, Chairperson, and morning, everyone. I've got uh, one apology from, from the Minister of Home Affairs, who is not able to attend today. Uh, from the committee side, there's no apology. I've got about seven members in the meeting at the moment. Thanks, Chair. Thank you very much, Mr. Matunzi. We'll then just invite uh, Mr. Salmon to just do a, a recap on some of the issues that arise in our last uh, meeting so that we're able to take note uh, to avoid uh, <clears throat> repeating some of the issues. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, can I confirm whether you can see the document? Y yes, yes, I can see it. Okay, you can see it, Mr. Salman. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so this is just an update of the document that we that I presented or that we used last week for uh, yeah on Friday. The chairperson just asked me to update it based on the debates that had already happened uh, around the issues, um, and there were one or two issues that weren't in the last week that I uh, just highlighted here. Um, the additions are just uh, highlighted in red, um, just to go along with, um, to see where the changes happened. Um, so you will recall we looked at the question of whether one should change the definition of region in clause one or make it more clear. And the, there was one member suggesting that the, that the word uh, be changed um, to province rather than region, but two members felt that it was clear enough the way it currently was. Um, and then in terms of party liaison committees, <clears throat> the, the party liaison committee uh, should be defined to include independent candidates was the general consensus. The committee agreed that the word liaison committee uh, should be used to include independent candidates. Can the IEC question is define um, this uh, in their regulations or does it need to be in, in the act? Um, and then on clause two, this is I added subsequently, um, we didn't have this in last week's document, is uh, clause two requires those on parties' regional lists to be registered uh, to vote, but not already resident in that region. So then there's a question that if you require uh, independence to be both re ordinary re residents and uh, registered, um, should the same apply to political parties? Um, then clause three, uh, there were no real contentious issues there, but the clause relates to uh, the submission of lists of candidates and uh, provides for technical amendments uh, related to that. Uh, then on clause four, um, point three there relating to section subsection 31A and 31B3, um, relating to uh, or this again, this point of the ordinarily resident that I mentioned above. Um, there was one argument that the same requirement does not apply to political parties, and this requirement was unfair. So the suggestion was that the IC, um, but the suggestion by the IC was that independent candidates should be allowed to contest elections in all provinces, but their votes should not be aggregated, as this would be unfair. Another argument was that the independent candidates should either run for a province or national, but not both, or, or for several provinces. And then fourth, um, 
the question is really should political parties also re require uh, signatures uh, as they do for independent candidates and there was one uh, argument that political parties are not required to provide proof of support by providing signatures of supporters this uh, and that this is unfair. The opposing view is that signatures would be required to show support or maybe a requirement should be extended uh, to also to political parties. There was a concern during the public hearings about a long ballot paper um, and hence the need for the showing of support. Uh, should the uh, should the deposit be the same uh, for independent candidates or for and for political parties? Uh, one member suggested that they shouldn't pay the same deposit uh, as that of political parties, uh, because, but but the other argument was that uh, that they should pay the same because those those deposits are ultimately refunded. Um, it was also pointed out that political parties, um, smaller ones, also sometimes only get one seat and pay the same deposit, uh, and that the deposits carry the cost of the elections. Um, and and that's independent candidates should be able to raise funds like political parties. Uh, then, for the number of signatures, uh, the 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 deliberation, the points raised by members last week were really should should the committee or the committee should deliberate on the number of signatures to be uh, included in the bill or or in the regulations. Um, the point being that if it's in the regulations that allows the IEC to change this every year rather than having to come back to Parliament, um, depending on what that formula is for the calculation of how many signatures are needed. Um, then point seven, the, the cooling off period. Uh, two members were in favor of the current uh, cooling off of the current cooling off period for independent candidates uh, as, as in local government the elections. Um, and the, the question was whether the IEC would be able to verify the signatures submitted by those candidates within three months um, of those candidates having been uh, uh, standing, standing to run in an election. Um, then we just have a brief description of the four, the three clauses that, uh, that have no contentious issues. Um, clause five relating to uh, Candidate lists uh, such that they include a list of independent candidates. Clause six uh, deals with the electoral code and the contradiction or the, con uh, the contravention of the code of conduct. And, and then clause seven deals with uh, independent candidates on lists uh, also needing to subscribe to the electoral code of conduct. And then, as you mentioned, clause eight, uh, depending on the decision made on point five above about deposits, the section on refunds may have to have a related change. Um, clause nine depends on amending uh, section 110 of the act uh, for certain irregularities, including reference to independent candidates. Uh, no contentious issues there. And which clause 10 relates to schedule one, uh, which provides for the electoral timetable to include electoral candidates, I mean, independent candidates. And then clause 11, 
there were no comments on on the uh, subclause nine on I mean on, on clause eleven subclause one um, point nine there uh, relating to whether the the ratio of uh, political parties needed to change uh, from the current uh, two hundred to two hundred regional versus compensatory uh, clause ten. Uh, and whether constituencies should be included. Um, the three members that commented on this all felt that this should rather be done at a later, later stage, given the, the complications of, of changing this, uh, the time left until the next election. Uh, then point 11 there relates to uh, the, the changing of the voting system, whether the current three rounds should remain or a single round of the group formula or a two-stage process uh, uh, as proposed by some parties. Uh, members that commented on this felt that the bill was in the going in the right direction, and it was indicated that on the seat allocation, the IEC should come back and explain exactly how this would work um, on the group quota system, which is very insignificant around, as mentioned earlier. Um, and then point 12, 13, and, and there were no additional points made of 12, 13, and 14. But they relate to um, forfeiting seats um, if you don't have enough um, uh, candidates on your list, and that you should rather do this prior to sort this out prior to election rather than sorting it out afterwards. Um, clause 11 to the IC draft a proposal for um, three ballot system for National Assembly compensatory, National Assembly regional, and provincial legislatures. Uh, and then Clause 14 relates to this, uh, the discarding of surplus votes uh, and uh, what to do, uh, whether it should stay as, as is in the bill or it should be changed, uh, and whether this also applies to whether um, those candidates should be included within the NCP. Uh, um, clause 15 there relates to uh, the, the the replacement of uh, vac vacated seats, um, whether there should be by-elections or transferable votes, as in the Laporta bill, or running mates um, uh, allocated by the independents prior to the election. Uh, the there was general um, those who commented indicated that the that the issue of running mates was a problem. Um, since those could also be people that the voters don't know. Um, and independent candidates should consider contesting um, as a voluntary association, which would allow them to apply as a political party, even if they did not get the um, and, and that uh, if a seat becomes available, it should be filled by the next, uh, the next independent, or independent candidate or political party with the highest number of votes. And then lastly, uh, point 16 there, the, the need for an amendment to the to chapter five uh, to have, uh, have allow independent candidates to have agents. Um, and the committee wants the IEC to clarify whether a voting station would be able to accommodate party agents and agents that would uh, represent uh, independent candidates. And then also the question uh, to the legal services here is, is this a significant enough change that we would need to go back to the National Assembly to a, a, a request addition because it relates to a, a clause in the bill that 
uh, or clauses in the bill that aren't currently in the bill. And then also how long that process would take and uh, if it would impede our, our, our time. So we can uh, get responses from legal services from that. Or, uh, so that's just an overview there again, Chairperson. Um, I'll leave the document up so we can use it for reference if necessary, but otherwise I'll take it down if you need it. Thank you, Chair. No, thanks, uh, members. These are our notes uh, which we've uh, started to to interact with this uh, the deliberation. What I think will uh, have to assist as a framework will deal with the uh, deliberate on each of the areas uh, from uh, the first point, so that we are able to pick up uh, 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 all the issues that are on the on the document. We'll deliberate and have a, uh, an understanding on how we will attempt to resolve the uh, itemized uh, points uh, which are on the platform as we have agreed in the last meeting. There are some of the issues which uh, may affect our deliberations uh, once the, uh, uh, the IEC present uh, the uh, come back again and present the drop uh, troop uh, uh, formula, but that may not uh, waive us to inter to deliberate on the issues that are on the on the on the document. Not all the issues which are reflecting on the document members have gone through all the uh, the notes uh, will bring up some of the issues which uh, we think that they must uh, <clears throat> find expression on the document. So, Mr. Adams, will start with the first item and members make their contributions on the issues. And then we close that part, we then come to a second option in that, uh, in, in that sequence. If there are other issues that may need to come into the space, we're going to, 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 uh, uh, to bring them into uh, to the inter interaction. In what it will mean therefore that uh, as we proceed, we'll then move uh, uh, in the next stage uh, because we could have made some of the inputs here and gathered uh, uh, views. We'll then request the uh, legal team to um, um, uh, bring up their issues which are legally and may not have been, uh, uh, will impact on the, on, the, on the legislation as a matter of, uh, of, of, of reference when the IC also is going to, uh, to, to, to present. Thank you. We'll then move in that uh, in that manner, so that we are going to also to get a, an annual report a brief as we are going to conclude our our, our meeting. I will start in that sequence. Uh, I will uh, invite uh, uh, Mr. Matonsu. I'm using a different system here now that uh, I was borrowed something here, so it gave me challenges. You'll assist me if I've uh, not noted members. Uh, um, I'll start with Honorable Ross, uh, Honorable Lequa, uh, Honorable Tito, Honorable Kanyele, uh, uh, Honorable Lequasse, Honorable Mutise, Honorable Tito. I'm sure I've not uh, uh, ignored uh, someone, uh, uh, Honorable uh, Matunzi, Mr. Matunzi? 
No, you, you, no, you have not. It's on that Ms. Tito is not in the meeting and Ms. Modisa. Sure. Okay. I'm also here. And honorable yeah, yeah. Honorable Lizal and Honorable Pele. I don't know how Brian is saying you covered everyone. <laughs> that was my point to ask him. Uh, so the thank you, uh, Coach and Honorable Pele. Then it would be uh, Honorable Lizal and Honorable Pele. Thank you in that uh, sequence. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, just to clarify, are we going point number one and everyone goes point number one? Or, or do you want us each to go one, two, three, four, five? Yes, we'll go to point number one. Thank you, Honorable Ross. Okay. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so point number one is fine, Chair. Okay, Honorable Mulegua. Okay, Honorable Kanyele. Thank you, Chairperson. Point number one um, is fine. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Lohase. Chairperson, she's not in the meeting now, but okay. she says she's not in by some time. Okay, noted. Uh, Honorable Lizelle. No, Chairperson, I was the only person in the previous meeting that felt that we needed to use the word province. Um, I looked at the definition of a province in the constitution versus the bill, and it is still my view that if we could use province for the for the you know issues of clarity, I would feel better. But considering that the committee holds the view that region is fine. Um, I will accept that point one is fine, Chairperson. So okay. we can go with region instead of province. Okay, thank you, Coach Honorable Pile. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Chair, I want to propose that perhaps we get a, um, I wouldn't say presentation, but perhaps an input from both IEC and uh, legal in terms of region and province. Uh, I'm not saying I want to agree that uh, you use the word region or province, because for me, region does clearly define it. But I also have to bear in mind what Honorable Lizal is saying, that it may make sense to use the word province. Um, and I'm just thinking about, uh, especially about the ballots. When one votes, you say you're voting on a provincial legislature on one ballot, and then you're voting on a national. So I'm just thinking about whether that may, might, might make more sense. So. My proposal is, is that perhaps we can get an input from both IEC and legal in terms of province and region. That would be my view. The second one, which is the party liaison committee, which is also part of clause one, um, I think is important. Um, but if you look at the, the presentation from IEC or submission they've made, they've already indicated that there will be a need to amend the Electoral Commission Act to be able to allow for this. So I'm saying, yes, it has to be there. It's important that we be there. The word and the wording is something we can deal with at a later stage, whether it's liaison committees or whether it's just um, changed to something else, but it makes sense. If you're saying liaison committee, it then includes both parties and independents. But again, I'm saying, let's listen to what they have to say about that. But I do support that we have to have 
this inclusion of independence as part of the liaison committees as well as party agents. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Any other member might have not uh, noted? Okay. Uh, thanks. I think we're uh, 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 having submission on the close one, this area of uh, region and province, but the committee in principle affirm the, uh, the, the region. We'll then have to, uh, as we're going to interact with the uh, uh, the IEC and legal at the later stage and state law advisor. We may have to uh, come back to uh, this area, but in principle, is that uh, we uh, it is, there's a affirmation in terms of understanding on the definition of a, of a region. Noted, thank you very much. Let's go to close two. Point, point two, Chairperson. Sorry, sorry, point two, yes, yes, sorry. Uh, thank you, Chair. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of been covered. I think the, you know, just to call it a liaison committee is probably okay. I know that there was going to be some, in one of our meetings, uh, we suggested that, um, you know, perhaps even when the IEC reports back that they, that we could get some options. Um, but you know, on on first look, you know, to drop parties should should make it work, just to make it liaison committee. Okay, thank you in that sequence, Honourable Kanyele. Thank you, Chairperson. I was covered by Honourable Ross. Noted, Honourable Lizen. Yes, no, Chairperson, I think we all agree that it can't be a party liaison committee because we now include independent candidates and so we should look for a different name. Um, but I think we all agree that on point two. So happy with that. Needs okay. to change to either liaison committee or election liaison committee, something to that effect. Thank you, okay. Chair. No, thanks. I think we've labored only in the matter, Honorable Pile, uh, unless you're saying I'm suppressing your views again. No, not at all, Chair. I have already. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, well, let's go to the second loss. Uh, in that uh, sequence, Honorable uh, Ruos. Yeah, thank you, Chair. I think this was another one where we'd also um, just asked for a little bit of, of uh, input as well from the IEC side. Um, you know, I think the one thing that might come up here, Chair, is... is when you look at the court judgment, it talks about that an independent should be able to participate in the election and not be um, prejudiced by the fact that they are an independent. So one might need to look at an independent participating in the election versus a, a one-person party. And what would the difference be? Um, so, you know, if here we're talking about signature requirements, um, the ability to stand in all the regions, um, but only having your votes for one region count, et cetera. Um, so I think that, you know, this is something where um, it's unlikely, uh, and I'm not talking about specific uh, persons, chairperson, I'm just talking about constitutionally and the discussions that we've had about, uh, you know, the right for someone to, to, to vote for somebody, and if they get enough votes, then they get a seat uh, in parliament. Um, I think it could be problematic um, if we say that, um, an independent can stand in, in all nine provinces, but only the votes of the highest province will count. I think that might be problematic. 
Thank you, Honorable Kanyele. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, I think this is one of the clauses that made us to actually, I think it was Honorable Pillay that suggested that we need to have clarity on some of these issues so that we can be able to take a decision on them going forward instead of leaving the matter to, to the IEC. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been partially covered by Honorable Rose but at the same time, I wish to express that when we were having the public consultations in the various provinces, there was a very a big concern from members of the community that indicated that they felt that it was maybe necessary for the independent candidates to show that they really have support, that there must be a qualification that is set out like a qualification um, requirement that is going to be set out that they will need to comply with in order to, to, to ascertain that we don't end up having a very long uh, ballot paper. I think maybe that is something that we, we need to look at and yeah decide on. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Lizen. Yeah, Chairperson, I think this is one issue, as we said in the last meeting, that we need to get further guidance on. Um, so I think this is probably an issue that we'll continue to debate as a committee, but guided by legal services. I also want to make the appeal that I'm, I know Honorable Pillay is very strong on the issue of, um, you know, independent candidates must be treated the same way as political parties, but I hold a different view because the thing is, at the end of the day, uh, we should encourage independent candidate as the, the court ruling or, you know, it, it guides us to say that, you know, we should make conditions for independent candidates to contest in an election, which, you know, we, we shouldn't be putting barriers for independent candidates uh, not to be able to contest. So for me, the issue of uh, deposits, again, as I've said before, the issue of deposits to pay the same deposit as a political party, for me, it's unfair. Same with signatures. You know, if we ask for signatures, then are, are we also going to ask for political parties to have signatures? And I understand the reasoning to say that, you know, we don't want a long ballot paper. But in 2021 local government election, 325 political parties contested the election. So um, I just want to make an appeal that, you know, in everything that we do in terms of amending uh, this amendment bill, we should keep the fairness element at the back of our mind. But I think this is this this specific clause is issue is an issue we should further debate after we get more inputs from from legal chairperson. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Yeah, Chair, firstly I'm I'm going to say that I, I am of the view that we would get um legal input. Uh, because I think the last thing we want is after we finalize this, then we have a court action or court case against us based on that. Um, but I think what's important here is, is a principle view that there is going to be a need for criteria. And I just want to uh, caution Honorable uh, Kanile that we don't use the word qualifications because I think there was a confusion at some of the hearings about having metric or post-metric. So it's actually criteria or, or requirements to contest as an independent. And perhaps we must be able to, to and a principle view that yes, there's going to be a need for signatures. And I think the current form of independence at local government requires um, signatures in terms of support. 
Um, I think the question is about what number of signatures. Um, and there's still, you know, we can still have that discussion. And as we further deliberate, we'll obviously reach that point. Um, but again, it also speaks about deposits. So I think all in all, those three points will 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 filter into this this clause about whether it's a regional list, uh, whether you are registered to vote um, or an ordinary resident. Because what will happen is that if you are if you are contesting one particular region, then it means are you going to have signatures and deposit for that region? Then the same must apply to all different regions. So you can't use the same signatures in each region. You have to use different signatures if you are contesting, if you understand the point I'm trying to make about, about contesting a region. So if we get further deliberation, we'll be able to tell whether it can be open. But I, I, I want to take on the point that IEC, I think it was IEC submission, that you can't aggregate the votes, which, which also then I think we need to have clarity on that because we are for view that you can't. Uh, but then what happens when independents are contesting different regions and getting signatures for those regions. So for me, I'm saying that um, we'll, we will only be able to further deliberate once we've got some legal um, guidance on that clause. Thank you. I think one of the areas which perhaps members, uh, we, we may need to uh, try to interface uh, is whether we need to have more barriers for independent candidates, uh, which we may constitute unfairness, uh, because the argument which arise from the, the public uh, hearing or uh, submissions is that the political parties, they seem to want to bring uh, uh, laws that will make it difficult for independent candidates to participate in both the, the, the provincial and national uh, 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 in, in election. Now, I think it was expressly communicated, no, no, presented by uh, even the, uh, uh, that era exhausted much by the, the Liga. But what perhaps members managed to, in principle, that uh, arising from this clause, we may need to uh, affirm the, the, the principle of fairness to independent candidates as the, the council call to participate uh, in, the, in the national election. I wanted members just to take up, we may need to take up that issue, uh, Honorable Rose, uh, and I think uh, results is capturing uh, proper that we may need to create more barriers for independent candidates. And I think that is a preemption that members of uh, some members of sub, who submitted argued strongly that uh, we as political parties uh, who uh, we may need to bring a lo lot of barriers uh, that will uh, limit the participation of, uh, of independent. What is our take? with that uh, uh, a narrative uh, uh, that uh, perhaps is uh, finding expression in terms of the submissions that were made uh, by political parties. Honor Ross? 
Uh, thank you, Chair. Sorry, I was cut short. I don't know what happened with the technology there. Um, Chairperson, I think, you know, we speak about fairness and, and this is an input that I wanted to, to close off with. Um, but I think what came out strongly in the public hearings as well was accountability. And, you know, the showing of support, it's, it's an indication of, of the fact that you're accountable to, to a voting constituency. So, you know, I don't think political parties would have a problem if they also had to um, get a list of uh, supporters, for example, um, and submit that. Um, so fairness is the one side, uh, but accountability is the other side. To so say, should you run? Uh, because there was an example in 1994, um, and I was around at that stage uh, as an election official, and uh, we had this party called the Kiss Party on the list. And I think people were quite curious about that. And when they went to try and find out who is the Kiss Party, um, they, they apparently found out that it was the, um, the, the, wealthy, you know, the, the wealthy wife of, of a wealthy person. Um, that just uh, formed this KISS party, paid the fees, and put it on the, national, on, on the ballot. Um, so, Chairperson, you know, this is, fairness is the one aspect, but accountability is the other aspect. Um, but I think the other aspect that I actually thought about this week was we talk about these signatures, and I think you, you're talking about processing tens of thousands of signatures by the IEC. Um, so it might be useful for our researcher ahead of next week's meeting to just to go and find out what is the best practice around the world of how these signatures are handled and how they are calculated um, so that we can also just understand, you know, what is being done around the world um, in this regard and, and, and how do we make this practical? Um, because otherwise we can have uh, 40, 50 candidates. Each one has to get 30,000 votes and so somebody has to go through the papers of several hundred thousand um, voters and verify them, uh, which can create quite a massive challenge. So I think that's another thing that we can potentially uh, look at, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Lizia? No, I think you, you captured what I was trying to argue earlier, Chairperson, and that is my point is as much as I understand that, you know, we are dealing with concerns. So you've got concerns on the one hand that people are saying, for example, if you, you know, long ballot list, etc. And, you know, you've in the last election we had uh, as Honourable Ruiz said, there's been the KISS party and the DACA party and all of these other parties. But really, I think our job as, as, as parliamentarians, as lawmakers, guided by the outcome of, of the court, they've given us a task which says include independent uh, candidates into the election. And our job, therefore, is not to create barriers for independent candidates to stand, but to create fairness, equality and, and, and ensure inclusivity. So, for example, I don't think we can use the argument to say, let's look at, um, you know, the conditions for a single member party, because I, for example, don't think the ATM went into the last election thinking they're only going to get one member. They contest an election hoping to become the government of the day. So the fact that they end up with one member or, you know, the UDM ends up with two members, they certainly don't go into an election to say, you know, they contest like they are contesting uh, you know, the same way as the ANC is contesting or the DA or the IFP or the EFF. So really what I'm trying to argue is when we say um, political parties pay deposits, so the ANC submits a list, you pay a 100,000 rand deposit, but you've also got a 100,000 members that you're fielding around the country. So then we need to look at what is the, you know, what is the value of, so you can't then, in my view, expect an independent candidate also to pay that same deposit. And when it goes to the signatures issue, 
if we say we agree, okay, so what I'm saying is if you say that it's a deposit, what is fair? What is a fair deposit for an independent candidate to pay? If we agree on the signatures, then what is a fair number of signatures? And should that also be extended uh, to, to political parties? So really, I, I'm not against signatures or deposits. I'm only appealing that we should, it should be a fair formula that we implement at the end of the day, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Kanyele. Thank you, Chairperson. Yes, I, I wish to concur with my previous colleagues that have spoken. I think in all that we'll be doing, we need to ensure that the independent candidates, they are also treated fairly. Um, I don't want to repeat everything that has been said. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Honorable uh, Pile. Thank you very much. I think firstly, I want to dispel the notion that we are trying to, as political parties, place many barriers for independence, because it's not the case. Um, I think the, all, the other point, Chair, is that it's not as clean cut as, you know, the court judgment or ruling that said include independence or allow for independence to contest elections. Yes, but there are so many other things that comes to play when one has to take into consideration the inclusion of independence and having to allow them to participate. And I think even, and I said this last week, that even after this process, there are going to be so many other bills or acts or pieces of legislation that would have to be considered and looked at and, and perhaps even amended um, just to be able to allow for this. So I think, and, I, and I'm saying it again, that if we rush the process, we foresee a, a serious challenge later on where we can be, be, be legal challenges, you know, left, right and center. So I'm saying for me, yes, we, we're doing this, but we're not wanting to place many barriers. That's the first one. Two is that there has to be and, the, and there has to be some kind of criteria, because if you don't, it means that just anyone and everyone can then be able to participate in contest elections. And I think it's important that we understand the, um, and, I'm, and I'm just going back to, to public hearings because I often think about what I've heard in some of the hearings that ordinary community members who don't belong to any political party, who don't um, belong or support independence, just ordinary people who are saying the challenges they are having at the municipal level is that they have people who contest the space as an independent and then disappear. And then things like important things like budgets of municipalities can't get passed because they don't have numbers, uh, council meetings that can't sit. Um, and again, it comes to what Honorable Ruas was saying about accountability. And then who, who holds that independent candidate accountable? But another point that is important, which I think um, we, we've missed here is that there was also a, a submission that it's not just independence, but also new political parties will be required to follow this criteria of, of, of signatures. Um, anyone who has not already uh, um, achieved or, or, um, or have a seat within parliament will have to also be able to provide um, uh, signatures, uh, et cetera, will follow the same criteria. So I think it's important. And I also want to agree with, with Honorable Ruiz that uh, I, I don't think it'll be a challenge if, it, if it's something that says you have to also ask political parties to provide these signatures because they're already in the space, which I think, you know, really, um, they already occupy seats. There wouldn't be a need to have them to, but if 
if it is laying or leveling the playing fields, then you know perhaps there's it can be allowed and and there won't be a, a serious challenge with political parties because they have membership databases across all all uh, provinces. So for me, I think that uh, and I agree with you. And I agree with Honorable Lizal that we shouldn't have many barriers. But I also want to say that you can't just make it simple. Um, or maybe that's the wrong word. You just can't have it just basic. You have to have some kind of criteria that says this is how you, because you have to show support before you'll be able to contest. This is a bigger space you're contesting. It's not just local government elections in a ward. Um, this is talking about a legislature, both national and provincial. So. It's important that there has to be clear guidelines in terms of what the, the criteria and requirements are. Thanks, Chair. Okay, thank you very much, members, to have contributed uh, on this uh, item. I really had wanted to uh, probe that uh, discussion, and I think we have able to uh, uh, to come up with the areas uh, which members have, uh, have raised. We'll, 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 it is correct that we'll then take some of the issues, uh, and I think the IC um, as the uh, 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 area of implementation may need to uh, come back, particularly on this uh, area, on the benchmark in terms of the processing of the independent candidates in the local government elections um, when they they deal with the with the troop formula. Then we'll able to have a um, uh, 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 processing of resolving on this uh, on this area. Principle, I think, members, on the framework, resolve on the on the issue. The the last three. Thank you, Chair. Um, yeah. So I think this is uh, this is related to what we're discussing, and this is the non-compliance of it. So I don't know if uh, I don't. I can't think of a, a policy discussion on it um, at this point in time, Chair. Yes. And I think you're uh, correct. Honorable Lise? Yes, no, I'm covered by the Honorable Ruiz. Honorable Pile? No, Chair, I'm covered with that. Yeah. Honorable Kanyele? I think you're covered also. <laughs> I'm covered, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's go to the class four. Item number three, yes. Uh, thank you, Chair. Yeah, I, I think we've had the discussion, this discussion in, uh, you know, with the clause two um, issue. So I think we, we do need a little bit more input in terms of these items, uh, which is basically the signatures, uh, the signature requirements, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then also the uh, the three-month period. So, you know, to my mind, we've kind of discussed this in, in clause two already and uh, resolved that we need uh, more input on this. Okay. Thank you. Honorable Pile. Chair, uh, yeah, both these items have been discussed at length because um, I see three is talking about the um, ordinarily resident, which was featured above, and then four is talking about um, signature requirements. So we've agreed um, that we need to get further um, inputs on this. Uh, and then the number five as well, it, it talks about the deposit. Uh, let's yes. just go down a bit, uh, Adam. Uh, I think that also covers six, Chair. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it stops at five. Yeah, okay. No, I'm, I'm covered. So that's, we've discussed and deliberated in this already. Thank you, Chair. 
Yeah, I've, I've noted that we've uh, ran out of the uh, uh, issues on the uh, all the issues that were, were on the discussions. Um, is that our understanding, Coach? Uh, yes, Chairperson. Okay, let's go to item number six. Point number six, sorry. Yeah, no, no, seven. Yeah, Chair, I just wanted to get clarity because um, my understanding was we were looking at the amendments from last week and just trying to get an agreement on them. So from what I see in the document, the next one is clause 11, item 10. Or, or do you want to speak because it's, uh, otherwise we're sort of getting to a clause by clause. Uh, yeah, no, no, they, 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 yeah, the intention is to uh, get contributions on this uh, uh, itemized so that uh, we, we, we solicit principal uh, uh, resolve, uh, noting that there are stakeholders that had to come back and deal with technical issues. Then we'll able to go by close by close and have agreements, uh, no, not agreement, uh, resolve on the, uh, for, 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 for purpose of the committee in terms of the clauses. So now we're contributing and where there's uh, responses that must come back to the, uh, by the IC on technical areas we're able to to resolve on the danger is that if you resolve now, you you may get persuaded on another view, uh, which is not wrong to to amend your to change your decision, but you'll assist the committee to have a proper resolve on the framework we've established. Okay, Chair. Um, yeah, so I've got no input on clause five at, at this point. Okay. Um, clause five. Uh, Honorable Pile, is the matter that we raised that we've 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 agreed on with principle. Uh, areas and the IEC must uh, deal with that. Chair, I, I just want to, on six, um, I want to agree that the committee should deliberate on the number of signatures and, and not the IEC. Um, I think it's it's something that needs to be included in the bill, but I also want to support what Honorable Ruiz was saying, that perhaps we, we look at other practices um, and look at what the, the formulas are around signatures or even criteria, uh, and just have some kind of presentation that perhaps uh, we can receive on that, and then we can deliberate further on it. But I, I agree that this part of, of signatures or requirements in terms of number of signatures should be in the bill itself um, and not left to the IEC. Okay, on that matter. Yeah, no, I think, um, like I said before, on the issues of deposits and signatures, I'm not against it, but I want it to be fair. So, you know, obviously that fairness element must be looked at. And then when we look at the issue of the cooling period, I did say before in the last meeting that I think three months suffices. But I think all of these issues we have dealt with uh, in the previous discussions. But I would also, in terms of the signatures, let's look at... Um, I think Honourable Rosen Pillai made the point that we should look at um, other examples of how countries have handled this, and then we can take it further. Thank you, Chair. Okay. What we'll, we'll attempt to do, uh, uh, Mr. Adams, will obviously link up with the, yourself, the team, and the IEC. Members are, are raising that we may need to look on the best practices of a, a particularly on the on the on the signatures. You recall that uh, in 2020 or 2019, uh, no, no, 2020 or 2021, somewhere there, the IEC did give us presentation on the 
uh, modalities of in countries with an attempt to uh, reflect on what the constitutional court judgment is as is, is and i think that uh, uh, report will then uh, assist us uh, but concretely on the issue of the of the signatures that you may need to uh, get uh, uh, the IEC also to to input on the on on, on that one but i think members uh, are persuaded that this matter must also be included uh, in the in the, in the bill that will also take us to a discussion earlier on the, that these signatures may need to be extended to uh, uh, political parties or to the new political parties that are, are going to be in the in the, in the uh, uh, in the national and provincial assembly so the IEC will also assist us uh, to refine that uh, uh, benchmark presentation modalities that they presented in our last which was helpful in fact uh, to understand the constitutional court uh, judgment but also the terrain and the practices of uh, countries outside can then we go to the last one, the cooling of period. There's a, there's a principle uh, uh, understanding that uh, it may need to be uh, affirmed as it is uh, here. Is that uh, understanding, uh, Honorable Ross? Yes, Chair. Honorable Kile? Chair, yeah, I may have a differing view in that. If there's going to be, and I'm saying at a later stage, we'll obviously reach that decision. If there's going to be this requirement uh, of signatures, et cetera, then I don't know, it may not, not, not even be necessary because you know it's not going to be clean cut that one is going to require X amount of signatures in a period of time before registration of, of candidates for elections. And whether then it, it becomes necessary to have a cooling off period. But again, I will be guided by the views of, of the committee. And, and, if, and if the committee agrees that it should be, then uh, perhaps. But my, my view is just saying that if there's going to be this requirement of signatures, then perhaps one needs to look at whether it's necessary to have a cooling off period, because already you are going to be having that space of time, uh, because there'll obviously be an opening and a closing date in terms of requirements for signatures. And that again already might be a cooling off period. So um, I'm just saying that it's just a view that I wanted to put forward about that um, cooling off period. Thank you. Okay, Honorable Kanyile. The co chair. No, I think it's something we need to further debate, Chairperson. Uh, you know, I, I fundamentally don't have a problem with the cooling off period, although. You know, I, I hear what Honorable Pillay is saying, but I think for I, I don't have a problem with the cooling of period and the time frame. I think it's it's in my view it's it's important and adds to the checks and balances of we've, what we've been talking about previously. Um, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Pillay? Yes, my lady. 
Yes, if you could take over, see Mr. Chairperson has got a problem with the network, I'll give him a call. Okay, sure. No, no, it's fine. Uh, thank you, members. I think we, we've covered on um, the cooling off period. I don't know if you just go down. Okay, so we are on clause five. But I think have members, if you just indicate, we've already covered all of these points. I think these are just uh, sections or clauses that Adam has put in, in terms of what might have to be looked at. Because I think the discussion around these, these clauses have already been dealt with. Adam, you just want to indicate? Uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. sure yes, the clauses five, six, and seven, there were no really, no really contentious issues related to these clauses in the submissions. Uh, I just put them in there for reference in case uh, anything came up so we we weren't uh, um, accused of missing anything out. Um, so the next next uh, clause to deliberate on is clause eight, but it relates uh, again to the, the 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 requirement for deposits above. So if we decide that deposits are the same, um, then the refunds will have to have to change too. I, I'm just readmitting Honourable Chabane just so you know. Sure. Okay. Um, so, so let's go on to clause eight, uh, members. I think this is in line with deposits, and um, it speaks to the section on refunds that may have to change. Uh, and it makes it makes perfect sense that if you are going to ask one to pay a deposit, that there's also going to be that part that says there would be a refund if they um, if they do get a seed. So I think it's important, uh, honourable Ruiz. I, I definitely agree. Um, it's, it, it makes sense. Sure. Honorable Lizal? Yes, Chairperson, I think we're all in agreement here. Um, we need to obviously include refunds if people are paying deposits. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Canilia? I agree, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I see Honorable Malekwa is here, but I'm not sure if she's still having challenges with network problems. Okay, no. Chair, are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, uh, apologies because of the network, uh, Honorable play. But we've just dealt with clause eight and members are in agreement that there should be a refund. Um, so you can take over from there. Thank you. No, no, thanks. Uh, uh, an apology members and the colleagues uh, due to electricity. I just uh, went off. Um, can we go to clause uh, nine? Is clause nine? Uh, Chairperson, uh, yeah, clause nine and 10, uh, there were no contentious issues. Uh, okay. uh, we're just there for reference. They're just there for reference. Yes. Let's close 11 next. Yeah. Close 11 is 9, 10, and 11. Uh, uh, yeah. Point number nine on the Bruce. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Chair. Um, I, I think, you know, um, so this is one that talks about 200 regional seats and 200 national seats. Um, so 
I, I don't think that uh, there was a general issue with this. Um, I think the you know the more regional seats you have, perhaps you know some of the calculations that that uh, take place for independent candidates, there, there might be less distortions there if you had a three hundred seats to one hundred seats. Um, but yeah, as it is, it's it's two hundred and and two hundred. So. So yeah, I don't have any further input on this, Chairperson. I, I just think you know, a, a three hundred to one hundred would be would would lessen some of the distortions from lost votes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Honourable Pile, so I agree that it should remain the two hundred to two hundred with with compensatory seats. Um, it, it it must remain that way. Thank you, Honourable Izer. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, I would, you know, as much as one would be okay with it remaining at 200 and 200, I think if we go back to the issue of fairness um, and, of course, the issues that have been raised in these public hearings, particularly in, in terms of the concern that um, independent candidates can only contest, um, you know, not all of the seats, I would also agree that 300 so seats would be better as opposed to the 200, um, because I think, again, it will deal with the issues of fairness and all the other issues that might arise, as Honourable Ruiz had indicated. So um, I think it's something that we will have to continue to debate on, but I would I would be in favour of a, of a bigger um, chunk of seats being able to be contested by independent candidates. Okay. Honourable Kanyele? Thank you, Chairperson. I was covered by Honorable Rose. Thank you. Honorable Malikwa, I'm informed you are back on the line. Honorable Pile? Chair, I've deliberated on this already. I would support that it remains the 200 oh. to 200. Okay. okay. Let's have the that principle uh, because they have expressed different views carried on this area um, uh, of a representation. I think it goes back to the uh, matter was raised earlier on the fair participation of a, a political and independent uh, a, a candidate or persons uh, as individuals. Um, I get a sense that uh, um, Honorable Lizelle has slightly different uh, contributions on the on the on the matter, and at the time that we're going to um, uh, uh, fairly deliberate on uh, point uh, 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 ten and eleven, uh, when the IC has made, uh, made uh, might have presented before the committee. Uh, the the group formula because this may attempt to uh, uh, to pr pr pronounce the committee in terms of the options that uh, the changes on the electoral amendment uh, uh, bill uh, uh, in terms of the representation of 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 of, of seats and I think members are uh, uh, are carefully observing that it it may. Uh, require contribution as to what is the policy position uh, that we may need to consider for, uh, and that it may influence how the seats are going to be, uh, or this allocation of representation uh, in parliament. 
Can we get uh, go to the other point? Um, yeah, the, the point number 10, 11. Yes. Well, yeah. <clears throat> no, Chase, so I think we, we did debate this at length, and, and this reflects the discussion um, that, you know, the, the DA's policy is to have more constituencies closer to voters, multi-member constituencies, but uh, we just won't make it for the next election if we insist on including that, uh, that change this time around. But certainly, um, in, after that election, it's something that we need to look at uh, quite urgently. Thank you, Honorable Lizelle. Yes, Chairperson, I think the issue of constituencies are important, but considering our time frames and the need for us to finalize this work, um, it would have to be deferred to a, a later amendmentable process. Noted, Honorable Kanyele. Thank you, Chairperson. I will not report to what my colleague has said. I was covered by Honorable Ross. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Pile. Thank you, Chair. No, I agree with members that uh, we're not going to be able to do this right now, and perhaps that it should be a discussion at a later stage. Thank you. Okay. We'll, we'll have that the principle resolved on your submissions. Uh, we'll skip the item the itemized level, um, unless members want to guide me contrary, uh, because we have resolved that uh, we need IEC to deal with troop, this troop formula in detail in our Chair. next session. Yes. Chair, there's just one correction I wanted to make, or maybe see clarity, because I heard Adam say something about three rounds, and perhaps, um, you know, he needs to, we, we need to understand what is the current system being used and how many rounds are being used at the current allocation of seats in parliament uh, to be included as part of the presentation because i think um if i the three rounds was what was put in the bill it's not what the current system is being used uh, you know that's just the point i wanted to make thank you what you may need to uh, uh, to to not seek clarity because the the IEC did uh, express its uh, position or not its position. The IEC expressed a response on the uh, electoral bill around this matter. Um, perhaps you may need to uh, bring back uh, that item uh, to fairly deal with it at the level of the of the IEC and the the. Uh, they will correct me when they come back. They, they are not fairly appreciative of the proposed rounds which were on the uh, uh, electoral electoral uh, amendment bill. So we'll come back to that matter with the with 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 the with with, with the ICE. I think they are proposing um, that uh, we may need to consider um, an alternative than that of the of the three round on the basis that. It may not, uh, um, uh, as a principle which we discussed earlier on, uh, fairly uh, accommodate the uh, the participation of, uh, of 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 independent. But that point which I'm I'm raising, in my understanding, the the perhaps may need to uh, empower it uh, when they 
come and uh, and give uh, further responses on the on on this issue. But that was my understanding in terms of their uh, presentation. Now, can we go to uh, and Mr. Adams just noted on the on the on the reports um, this matter of the allocation of round and the best practice or currently uh, uh, this on this independence. Item number three, 13 and 14. It, it reflects to, yes. Honorable Ross. Uh, 13 and 14. Um, should I see draft for inclusion in the bill of a three ballot system? Um, and then 14. Surplus votes discarded. Chairperson, uh, so this also relates to item 11. Um, and indeed, the, the decision, you know, on whether independents participate on the PR ballot. So, Chairperson, to, to my understanding is that we had a meeting with uh, uh, with DHA and and uh, IEC was there, and that they indicated that the seat allocation system needed to change, and that the IEC was going to um, bring some proposed uh, rewording of that change that was uh, that was agreed at that stage. So that is my understanding of, of the next step, that we are going to receive that, that rewording. Because all these things are interlinked. Um, you need to say, right, independence will be on the PR ballot. That then affects uh, the, the different rounds you have, how many ballots you have, um, et cetera, et cetera, Chair. So, so, so that is my understanding of the next step. We, we are going to receive this um, reworded um, seat allocation process, and then I think it was Honorable Malekwa about two meetings ago that just requested that we just receive a, a guidance. How exactly does this work, step by step, um, so that we're all clear on it, and and then we can uh, finalize that. Chair, that's my understanding of it. Yes, correct, uh, Honorable uh, Ross. Uh, Honorable Lizen. Yes, Chairperson, I agree that we should wait for the IC to come back and that they also take us through the proposals and the steps and how this will work in practice. Okay. Um, that is also my understanding. Okay. Honorable Pile. Um, I'm happy with waiting for, for the IEC to come back and give us a presentation. Um, I do pick up on what they presented. I think in terms of ballots, they were saying three ballots, um, which actually makes perfect sense. Uh, but perhaps I think we need to look and deliberate further whether we just stick to two or whether three might might make sense for us and then the the, the next one i think that was talking about uh what is that one i think we've covered this in terms of compensatory seats because we've discussed that above 13 i think looks at, at 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 that no i think i'm covered there thank you okay thank you um uh, let's go to uh, item 15 Yes, by elections. Chairperson, sorry, if I if I may just indicate, uh, we we skipped out on clause on on point twelve there, uh, and this this relates to um, where where parties don't have enough uh, members on their list and therefore forfeit seats, uh, and uh, versus the option of making sure that they have enough members uh, on their list prior to the election so that you don't have to deal with this. So the, the question is, should you rather sort it out before rather than after? Okay. The, 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 the impression, I think members will come in 
I understood that uh, because we'll be receiving the the, the troop uh, or the issues that are related to the allocation of seats in the in the formula that's going to be further presented to the, to the committee may uh, 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 resolve clarity on the point number uh, number twelve, uh, um, and and that's why when we're discussing earlier on the matter was uh, was was uh, sort of elected. I think, but members will 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 guide because that is my understanding uh, when the issues that are, have been picked up. Uh, unless this uh, 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 Mr. Salmon is advising uh, correctly, Honourable Ross. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, the, my understanding of the way it works at the moment is um, if you don't have enough uh, members on your on your list for the number of seats that you got, then you you have a small time period to to correct that uh, defect. So I'm not sure um, why the constitutional court judgment requires us to change um, the situation at all. I don't, I don't see what the benefit is for for independence here. Okay, Honourable Pile. So I think this will speak to filling of vacancies, but I also agree that uh, you know if you don't have enough names on the list, that you are given an opportunity to to make those changes because. Ultimately, that seat still belongs to you. So perhaps you know it can be discussion. But I think it, it it speaks to filling of vacancies because there was that discussion about whether there should be by-elections or not. And I think you know we've agreed in principle it's not going to be feasible to run by-elections. And perhaps the proposal that we've received prior on filling of vacancies should be one that we consider. Okay. And that will is there. Yeah, Chairperson, I'm not quite sure because the current model where you're able to uh, correct uh, the, the, you know, to, to submit additional names or to correct um, after the elections for me seem to be the current model, in other words, seem to be effective. So I'm not sure because uh, Adam is asking us, should we um, fix the defect before or after the elections and the current model works. So I'm not quite sure why we would want to make changes to this, but but maybe we should get further advice and, and deliberate on it. But um, for now, I think the system as it stands will work for me. Okay. Uh, Mr. Salmon, let's put the, uh, the, the current model used uh, so that we, we further get the uh, insight on this uh, uh, on the process uh, but i think members have principal understanding on how we must uh, uh, resolve this uh, uh, compliance uh, prior prior elections can we go to uh, item number 13 and 14 yeah. uh, chair i think we've, we've already done that those two okay so if i may go to number 15 yeah the um, yeah, I think we discussed this and the, the um, you know, the, the sort of agreement that we came to in that meeting with Home Affairs and uh, IEC was that um, we shouldn't have by-elections. There should be um, either a recalculation or you use the calculation from the last election um, to then allocate the next person in line to come in. So either if it's a party, then the next person on the party list comes in. So the point of contention was if an independent now resigns or um is incapacitated for whatever reason then do you take the next independent or if the next uh, highest number of votes is a party as well do you give it uh, to the party so so the da's view is certainly that 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 next 
um, it, whoever is next on the list, whether, you know, and that would be a remainder. So whether the highest remainder is that of a party or an independent, that um, that person should get it. Because that, at the end of the day, that, that is the will of the voters. The, the most number of voters voted for that party or that independent to get in. Um, so, Chairperson, that, 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 is, that is the view of the DA. I know there are other views on it. Thank you, Honorable uh, Ross. Honorable Pile. Chair, um, you know, I, I agree that it should be um, the system that we, we received. In, I'm sorry, the presentation we receive of proposal in terms of um, filling in of vacancies is the next. Uh, you recalculate and then you you give to the next political party or independent. And, and I'm going to support that because um, remember that you get allocated seats based on the number of votes you receive. So if the vacancy arises and the next person, be it a political party or independent, has that amount of seats that, that is the next qualifying threshold, then that should be the person that gets it. Um, so really having to make sure that it's independent, replaced by independent, wouldn't be fair to the electorate. And I think it's important that we take that proposal that says either political party or independent, whoever has the next highest number of votes. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Lizanne? Yeah, Chairperson, I reflected on this. And of course, you know, I understand by-elections uh, are too costly. It's not feasible and, you know, it, it just can't work. And I, I couldn't really wrap my mind around the issue of a running mate either because, you know, going into an election and then, you know, having a running mate really defeats the objectives. So then the issue, I completely agree with the, with the proposal that says it should go to the next uh, political party or independent of course, my view would have been that it's, if it's an independent that resigns or passes away, it should go to an independent. But then the question arises again, is that fair? Because maybe if on the next the next uh, to take the seat uh, is 10 political parties, and now you skip all over the 10 political parties to fetch the next independent candidate, which might be number 11 down on the list to fill a seat, that might not be fair. Um, so as much as I would have suggested that independent should replace independent, again, if I'm arguing for the principle of fairness, that might not be fair, because if you then jump over 10 political parties to, to get an independent at the bottom of the list to fill an independent seat, um, you know, my very argument around fairness might not apply. So I would then uh, support the views of Honourable Ruiz and Pillay that it should be the next, whether it's political party or independent. Thank you, Chair. Oh, thank you very much. I think we're taking that uh, uh, those uh, principle uh, uh, framework that uh, by elections may not uh, be an option. An option we need to consider a, a replacement. The modalities to that uh, of a, a replacement, I think, expressively, the also the IEC bring up uh, another version on how we can uh, uh, consider to uh, to do a, 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 a replacement. The other view, which I think, uh, Honorable Play, you recall that, uh, no, Honorable Lizelle, uh, you recall when we were in the public uh, hearing. I can't recall whether it was a public, yeah, public hearings. 
the on the subject there was a, and i think it's a matter uh, that we may need to as we proceed we look at it that uh, if in a political party given that now we're bringing in a, a independent candidates um, and the discussion subject discussion is that if a, 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 an independent candidate resigns or a, a, a in parliament or legislature we are going to consider uh, this formula that we are proposing. What will happen now that we, uh, if in the party, five members of the political party resigns, uh, uh, I, did not, I did not ignore that submission by uh, that uh, old man. Uh, what may, I think the matter that we can, we can uh, deal with that, that may reflect on the principle of uh, fairness in terms of uh, a replacement. And I, I can account on the numbers that the political party may have in terms of the uh, 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 election uh, outcome. So that's the principle which I think that some of the issues that we may need to uh, further uh, elaborate on them. And I think the technical team, when they come back, they may need to uh, interface with that. But the principle of uh, no by-elections and the uh, replacement the committee considered. Can you go to another item? Sorry, Chair. Yes, yes, Mr. Oh, sorry, Honorable Ross. Sorry, Chair, there, there's one thing I just forgot and I, I didn't want to interrupt. Um, no, no, proceed, proceed, Honorable Ross. I just wanted to highlight that, um, you know, um, one of the discussions is also, uh, do you recalculate the result when you then work out who is next on the list? Um, I think it's just worthwhile to point out that if you recalculate, there is a risk that that re because the recalculation will change the quota. It's not impossible that you could have a situation where you recalculate and actually one of the candidates or parties that are in parliament could then not make the quota. So I think it's just something we need to, to be aware of. It is possible. Um, and chairperson, you know, a proposal would be that, uh, that if you're going to, to use a list and take the next person on the list, that you, you calculate that that list based on the highest uh, remainders after the election, and then that is the list and it's, it's fixed. Uh, you, don't, you don't recalculate because it, it's going to be a, a bit of a problem if you recalculate and somebody that's in is suddenly out. How would you deal with that? Okay, noted. It, it, it takes back to the input on the, on the formula. I think uh, highlight as that, uh, Mr. Salmon, um, as to how is the the, the reflection of the technical team, the IC, on this uh, on this uh, uh, subject, so that parties and independents were able to understand the framework of these uh, calculations. Um, Mr. Salmon, have you have you attempted to exhaust uh, all the areas? Chairperson, uh, the last remaining point will assist that one on uh, point sixteen. Uh, relating to uh, the inclusion of um, uh, reference for agents for uh, independent candidates, but that then this would need a process. If we decide now, we we would have to, by according to NA Rule 286.4, approach the House for inclusion of of this clause uh, because it's an additional. Uh, it's not currently included in the bill. Uh, but we, we will do that uh, as necessary. Um, then uh, just to put an indication, Chairperson, that there 
we were supposed to, according to our revised program, already have um, clause by clause discussions next week. So um, we can maybe just assess if there is the capacity uh, within the current meeting uh, for the IEC to respond to some of the issues so that we can perhaps make a decision so that it can come up with draft clauses next week that we can then decide on. Um, because we have no other meetings prior to our close to close uh, discussion next week. And if we don't decide on close to close, then we're going to have to have another meeting in, in, in recess to, to uh, because the process will be delayed. So uh, as we can assess uh, from legal and maybe from the IEC or the DHA, if they want to respond to some of the, the questions raised now. Thank you, Chair. Chair. Yes. Chair, no, I think, um... It's going to be very unfair on the IC because they did indicate uh, last week that they will not be able to come to Tuesday with with responses and they required some more time. I think it was clear at, at that meeting. Members, okay. Honorable Zen? Yeah, sorry, I don't I don't think we can go to close by close on Tuesday. I think it's a bit premature considering that there are many issues on this list that we are asking for further guidance and feedback on. So I think we'll have to rework our program, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, what will assist us? Uh, because there are two issues we've considered as a committee. One, we've requested uh, during recess, we'll continue with the committee uh, program. And two, will allow the the IEC and the, the team of legal, uh, uh, both parliament state law advisors, uh, to come back to the committee uh, now that we are able to deal with the uh, issues uh, that are here. In the next meeting of the committee, we will start with the, with the IEC uh, or the legal team and then come with the IEC and further deliberate, then we'll be able to uh, deal with it loss uh, by loss uh, as the Honorable Lizelle uh, 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 proposes. Now, because it's an important matter that we must give them time to come back uh, with a, 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 a presentation on the issues that uh, we've raised. What we'll do, Mr. Adams, Mr. Salmon will uh, um, formally uh, recraft the issues uh, which have been raised as per the discussion, deliberation, to all the, uh, the stakeholders for proper responses uh, uh, to, the, to the meeting. And that ends our uh, deliberation on this item, uh, on the issues, and then we'll uh, come back. At the time, we're going to deliberate, further deliberate on close by close. Members will have fully appreciated the responses and comments and guidance in where the technical issues, and then we uh, finalize this uh, item uh, of deliberations. Is that the summary assist us to step off of this uh, item, noting that the different views expressed as we proceed and will sharpen as we move forward? Is that uh, uh, our summary assisting a co chair? Is that? Yes, thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. We're happy with that. Honorable Ross. Uh, yes, Chair. Agreed from our side. Honorable uh, Pile. 
Yes, agreed, Chair. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, members, for this item. We are stepping off uh, this item. We'll do thorough work uh, informed by the direction we've uh, engaged with both also the, the team in the space. We'll also uh, try to liaise with the, with, the, with the legal team on some of the key issues uh, when they were preparing for our next uh, session and, uh, and, and, and presentation. Mr. Salmon, can I invite you briefly to brief us on the next last item? Uh, then we able to end the the meeting. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Um, yes, I've, this is a, a statutory requirement for the committee: is that we uh, have an annual business plan. Um, but as members will note from the way that the committee ends up working, is that our our programs end up being a lot more flexible than than uh, than our plans allow for because we respond issues as they arise and also as you will see now um, legislation often takes priority so that kind of puts some of our other priorities uh, our other scheduled uh, items um, further down on the on the agenda um, so the, these plans are kind of broad guidelines but uh, they tend to be a lot more adaptable in in person um, so basically what I've done uh, is I've included, it's a summary of the uh, how, the key issues um, and strategic targets of the IEC, the GPW, and the, the, and the DHA uh, summarized in our plan, which then in turn also makes sure that, that these are in, com in compliance with the uh, national development plan and uh, the larger priorities of government. And included in in an outline here, which just indicates the general kinds of work that the committee does, as well as uh, the key outstanding issues. So what we've what I've listed here, um, after indicating the, the 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 key strategic priorities for the entities and for Parliament, is the list of outstanding issues from the the budget uh, budget review report. Um, because what happened last year and what's happened in previous years is that the DHA and the entities would have responded uh, usually within six months after the BRR uh, on, on, the, the, on the outstanding issues. This hasn't happened this year. And so there's a longer list here of all the outstanding issues which members can pursue at their, at their leisure. Um, we'll also use this to update the, the spreadsheet. You remember we set up online um, of... Uh, Outstanding issues that still needed to be addressed, uh, like the, the 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 track and trace system that we set up online, which I'll I'll send again to members. Um, so I, I don't we we've dealt with these fairly recently, so I won't go into into the details. But essentially, there's the list of the outstanding issues from the BRRR report, and the outstanding issues from the budget and uh, annual plan uh, uh, deliberations that happened in in May, and. Then we've then formulated this into a uh, into the standard template, which indicates what one does for each of the items. Um, the two main areas for uh, Parliament's functions are are its its legis uh, legislative and oversight capacity. And uh, so, for instance. Um, the main function really of the in the oversight function. Uh, you'll see here on this diagram towards the end of the document is that we oversee the programs and initiatives of the DHA, IEC, and GPW, um, and that we come up with programs in this regard. So we have a program for each of the quarters. 
um, and that we adopt meet, meeting minutes, which we haven't done this term, which will factor into the beginning of next term. Um, then we uh, check, we assess as we just have the annual and annual performance plans and budgets of the of the DHA, uh, usually in the second quarter. Um, and then we look at quarterly reports, uh, which we again we haven't done this term because of the um, because of the, the focus on the uh, on the electoral bill. So we'll probably do two quarters uh, in in the at the beginning of the next term. Um, we try to factor in nine provinces in each five-year cycle. Um, we have already covered several, both through our through the uh, civil unrest oversight last year, and also now having gone to the, the the provincial public hearings. But it doesn't really relate to oversight per se. So we we plan again, usually an issue-based oversight to uh, some of the provinces, uh, and we'll probably do it at the end of this year, given the electoral vote. Um, and then we may need to make sure that, that every time we do one of these oversights that we have a report in place. Um, the, uh, then we look at the annual performance, um, the annual reports, uh, which just indicate that the, the annual report of the uh, GPW is still outstanding. They said they would table it in May. I haven't seen indication that it has been tabled yet. Their long overdue annual report is still due to us, um, but we will also get uh, clarity on this matter once we uh, have um, the minister report and the investigations happening within the GPW. Um, then, in terms of stakeholder engagement, we try to engage with um, provincial managers managers once a year. Uh, so we usually do this in the fourth quarter, and we didn't do it last year again because of the disruptions of COVID. But we'll make a point to uh, in, uh, invite the provincial managers to give us a state of the provinces towards the end of the year, uh, um, time permitting. Um, and then, yeah, we just have to make sure that committee minutes are done in time. Um, yeah, and then the statutory requirements here in terms of appointment of commissioners, and um, uh, which we will recall we've just recently done. Um, Stakeholder engagement. Um, we will. We usually have an, an engagement once a year with NGOs and academics, usually related to migrants, migrant issues. But it could also be related to to marriage or other policy related issues that emerge. And so we will factor in uh, perhaps in next quarter a meeting with the NGOs uh, relating to migrants. Uh, there have been um, recent upsurges in in, in xenophobic uh, challenges. So we'll perhaps factor that into the next term uh, program. Um, we're also supposed to do international, uh, effective international relations, um, usually relates more to in implementation of international conventions, uh, but also to international study tours, but budgets have been limited in the last many years. So this committee uh, hasn't really uh, done a lot or hasn't done an international study tour since 2012. Um, we, we try... Um, on uh, we try at least once a year to, to reapply for another international study tour, but funds have been limited. So we'll perhaps try to factor that in towards the end of the year, uh, funds permitting. And then uh, the, the second outcome relates to uh, legislation. And so obviously we will be dominating, dominated by the electoral bill in the next, in the first three quarters. 
And then there are two outstanding bills, both from the GPW on a state printers bill and the DHA on the draft DHA bill, which was supposed to have been tabled uh, in the end of last year, but uh, have been delayed uh, due to COVID, amongst other things. So there could potentially be those bills initiated towards the last quarter. Um, and then all the other processes we hear relate to what we need to do when those bills are tabled, uh, including adverts, uh, provincial hearings, uh, reports, um, and, uh, and yeah, referral to the House and the internal processes of Parliament. So um, basically, it's a breakdown of what needs to be done in terms of legislation. So that's just an overview, pers uh, Chairperson. Um, I, we, we can defer for adoption for next week, uh, given that I only sent the state, but um, the, the, the issues aren't really that contentious. It's essentially just a summary of what we are already doing and a statutory requirement that we have such a plan in place so that we can uh, monitor, compare our performance to our, uh, our targets uh, at the end of the year. Um, um, that summary, I hand over back to you, Chairperson. Okay, thank you very much, uh, uh, Mr. Salmon, for uh, discussing, presenting these issues. We'll, uh, I'll get comments from members now that we're not going to, uh, will not adopt it uh, today. Um, uh, yeah, comment on the presentation and the issues uh, that uh, need to be taken into uh, account. The other issue, Mr. Salmon, I think you'll assist the committee when we come back. Uh, which the committee has been raising. Uh, the, the key issues that uh, Department of Home Affairs in particular and the uh, uh, government printing works, members have been raising. Um, and also if you check also the, the, the previous budget votes they've been reflecting, we may need to get a, a concrete uh, progress on some of those key issues that members have always been raising to the committee meeting, either in the budget votes or in the statement, uh, so that uh, we, we we can identify. I'm raising this point because we the 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 were left with almost two years, if not one year, uh, uh, given the work of the committee and the um, uh, Department of Home Affairs. Uh, some of the issues in this uh, six parliaments uh, that we've been uh, uh, raising. I've gone through, uh, identify some of the issues that are reflect, reflecting on this uh, presentation, uh, Honorable uh, Mr. Salmo, uh, that the, the department can take account in terms of progress. So I think some of the issues we may need to craft uh, for purpose of accountability uh, as part of oversight work. Honorable Ross, Honorable Kanyele, Honorable Lizel, and Honorable Pile. Comments on the presentation? Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, we received this report at, I think it was two minutes past midnight. Um, so I don't know if any of us will have managed to go through it and, uh, and be able to fully um, express our comments or inputs. But I think it's important, Chairperson, the uh, you know, to step back and look at the, the impact and the kind of impact that we're expected to have, which is to reduce poverty, unemployment, and inequality. And I think, you know, Chair, you, you rightly say we only have a year and a half left 
Um, and we have to ask ourselves the question, at the end of this five years, what is this committee going to, to have achieved? Um, so certain things that stand out, for example, is uh, opportunity at GPW. I think the, you know, the audit um, capability there and that that we're looking at now, I think we really need to see that through. Um, at one stage, they were, they were very good on the, on the audits, um, and that has gone down. Um, so it's, it's certainly something that uh, if we can resolve that in the next year and a half or so, it's, it's going to, um, you know, to make sure that the, the audit action plans happen and that we get, uh, start to get clean audits. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's one of the key things. Um, but also, Chairperson, you know, I think, again, um, if you look at the, the impact of, of poverty, unemployment and inequality, um, you look at things like statelessness. So there's a target of 2024 to end statelessness, which South Africa is a signatory on. Um, and this is something, you know, again, I've raised it with uh, the number of children that are in school that are undocumented, South African children, um, and how we actually tackle that and how we start to put uh, programs in place to, to deal with that. Um, the, the issue of opening on Saturdays, how, you know, school children being able to go and apply um, on a Saturday outside of school hours. Uh, mobile units, I think we, at one stage, we were pushing on the mobile units, and then it was indicated there were some new ones. Um, but I start to get the sense that there's a number of mobile units are not operational, or, or they're broken. Um, and to really get a grip of that again, to make sure that, you know, by the end of our term, that, uh, that mobile units are fully capacitated and that they're out there. It's something we were really pushing in the beginning, um, and it's kind of uh, bubbled under the surface now. Um, so, Chairperson, I think there's a lot of um, items there, and perhaps um, a proposal I could make is, is that at the next Manco, that there is just some sort of a strategic view on this to say what are the top priorities um, for the next year and a half to ensure that, uh, you know, this committee agrees that, yes, we, we are dealing, we are reacting to all sorts of things, um, but at the end of the day, that, that we are going to also look at a few key um, issues that we can address in the next year and a half. Um, so that when we end this term, we can say, you know, th this is what we've achieved uh, as a committee. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Honorable Ross, for that uh, contribution. Uh, Honorable Lizelle. Um, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Yes, um, unfortunately, I didn't have an opportunity to go through it, but I will definitely do so um, in the next 48 hours or so. And then I will also send uh, inputs to, to Adam. But I want to thank Mr. Salmon for the, for the work that has gone into um, this document. Um, yeah, and I would, I would like to fully agree. I think we've only got a few years, well, we've got a year and a half left. No, we're in 20 years, yeah, we've got two years left. And, um, you know, the, the important question or all the work that we do should at the end of the day help uh, this department to become stronger, more efficient and able to deliver on its mandate and vision. And um, for me, of course, the issues that are of concern remain the issues around the immigration crisis and the impact that that has got on the safety and security of our nation, uh, the well-being of our communities. Um, you know, I remain concerned about the issues of queues and the slow rollout of services to banks. And for example, you know, the issues around queues now, you get so many stories of of corruption that has infiltrated the department because people go to these queues and, and bribe officials. 
Um, so, you know, we've each got our key issues that we want to focus on and we've only got a short amount of time left in, you know, to leave a legacy, to leave change, if I can say that. So I would agree that we should um, prioritize a few points that we focus on for the remainder of our term. Um, you know, as, as Honorable Ruiz had pointed out to some of the issues that he feels passionate about, such as deep GPW, statelessness, opening on Saturdays, and, and so forth. But I will go through a chairperson and then I will make my, my comments uh, before we adopt in our next meeting. Thank you so much. Thank you, Honorable Lizelle. Uh, Honorable Kanyele? Okay, Honorable Lepile? Sure. <clears throat> sure, thank you very much. I think also I'm going to share the sentiments that I've not had an opportunity to look at it in detail. But having looked at it um, this morning and, and even now, there's just a few things that I think perhaps can be can still be looked at. And the one is, uh, even if we're not able to do international study tours, but providing oversight um, uh, and, and being able to, to visit the different provinces is something we can do. I mean, we've only done it through public hearings. Um, we've not been able to do any other oversight apart from the visit uh, that we had to GBW um, and then after unrest. But I think those are specific and, and, and you know, we, we, we just visit when there's a situation or I'm going to use the word crisis that arises. But, but as a committee, we should be providing oversight generally. And I think it's important that we can still be able to factor something into it where we're able to, even if it's, you know, just stretched out and that we're able to do a few here and there. Um, I think it's important um, that, that we can still be able to factor that into. The one thing for me that, that I think is very concerning and it, and it also stems from uh, queues, downtime, et cetera, uh, and recently we've been seeing that a lot of the challenges is around CETA and, and, and I'm just hoping that we can prioritize this, this, this challenge that we have. I, I just think that if we are not able to achieve this much, um, by the time our term is over, then we, we really are going to be looking like we've not achieved much. And I think, you know, at some point we have to have this discussion whether DHA should have its own system. And, and whether we can still be able to make that possible so that we are able to deal with this. Because really right now, we're reliant on CETA and it's a huge challenge. Just in this week and last week, they've been down so many times. The connections from, from one point to another province is just not happening. Um, and it's creating serious challenges in our offices. And I think it's one of the things we should Honorable Pile, are you still on the line? No, Chair, I, I, I stopped. Oh, there. okay. Thank you. Okay. No, thanks very much, uh, members, for consideration of uh, issues. Uh, I, I'm happy that all of us were resolved on the service delivery to our people. Um, and uh, we need to account to the work that we've, uh, uh, we've been interacting with the uh, portfolio, no, sorry, with the DHA, IEC, and government printing works. And we, all of us, draw closer to the year that uh, 
who have been uh, uh, being members. So we managed to take priority area issues. Uh, and I'll single out a matter that uh, is before us in the IEC. Um, members recall that there was a, a, a strong discussion on the considering uh, of electronic voting. Uh, and I think uh, that uh, submission, the committee could not agree because of the reasons that were placed before. And these are some of the issues that we may need to, uh, to take up as the, as the committee um, to seek uh, testing modalities around countries, benchmarking uh, uh, to our domestic issues. So I think these are some of the issues that we, even if are not resolved in the period of our term, but there must be an indication and appetite uh, to move uh, towards uh, uh, that direction in some uh, uh, period to come. So we will deal with that, Deputy uh, Minister and the DG, on the, some sort of uh, a strategic uh, a retreat with the committee and the uh, DHA, just to concretely deal with some of these issues that are raised uh, by members. Uh, I think you'll note that when we're debating the issues that are, are, are coming up from all uh, uh, members, uh, appreciation of the progress, the weaknesses, the challenges, uh, and those who must venture into so that we're able to uh, uh, have a contribution uh, for what members are saying. Service, service delivery is key to our, our people. We can't discuss always about the downtime and uh, we've had session with the CETA, we've session with DHA, uh, but we, we, we remain uh, within that uh, challenge that uh, we've been facing. So we'll, we'll look on the issues and uh, we may not have a, a strategic retreat in the period during the year and how we must be able to deal with these issues, uh, Mr. Matunzi uh, and the uh, DM and the, and, and the teaching in terms of the concrete issues. The last point, I think, what uh, uh, we need perhaps to caution uh, in future is that when a, an item is is before the committee is going to debate or to discuss, uh, a report can be sent when people are asleep. I think that is the uh, we're just setting up members for 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 for, for failure. Uh, when an item has been put on the agenda on Tuesday, members and they receive a report uh, late and are expected to comment on the issues. I think we may need to uh, see how we correct that uh, uh, that point because there are other items that must come before the committee for for, for report or presentation. And now that we're deferring this matter to another meeting, uh, it becomes it delays some of the issues that we must we must deal with. Thanks very much uh, for, for this uh, presentation and members for comments. Mr. Matonzi, is there any other matter? No, Chairperson, no, there's no other matter. Okay. Thanks very much, members, uh, for your contributions on the first and the second uh, item. Um, we'll then go through the presentation, come back, and uh, finally adopt the framework Mr. Salmon has presented. Um, and noting that uh, this afternoon National Assembly, a report is going to be presented that we have resolved on in relation to the candidate for uh, the Electoral Commission or Commissioner 
uh, who must be recommended to uh, the, the IC. Thanks very much uh, for your time and the, the meeting stand adjourned. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thanks, Chair. Everyone. Thanks, Chair. Bye, colleagues. Hey. <laughs>